It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Helping you out in your landscape this weekend. Thanks for tuning in to Green and Growing. I'm happy to be here with you. And some shows I'm able to carry a theme for the entire show. Sometimes it's just a potluck, kind of a mix of everything. So turf talk is the theme of the show today. We've been really focusing in on lawns and grasses and yards and there are no shortage of calls clint walt that is for sure so i'm so glad you are joining us uga extension turf grass specialist clint walt you're very well known in the industry and we appreciate your time you taking some of your saturday morning to spend time with myself and the listeners my pleasure i enjoy these isn't it fun i mean it's just like rapid fire like bring the questions come on and i don't think there's one that can stump you i'm gonna take one that's not lawn related though because dick in south carolina has been so patient this morning hey dick how can we help you well i've never heard of gall on azalea and i've been growing them all my life and all of a sudden you know you see these things and a neighbor told me it was gall it looked almost like little lima beans and just totally covering three bushes. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's wild. If you see gall on your azalea or camellia, it's something you won't forget for sure. The leaves are much more of a limey green than the rest of the leaves, which are a darker green. And they're kind of swollen, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's caused by a fungus. So right now, as you're noticing it, Dick, you're you're right on time. It's recommended, since it is a fungus, it can spread to the rest of the plant. Pick those affected leaves off and, like, throw them away. Take them as far away from the other azaleas as you can. Throw them in the trash. And then to protect this from happening again next year, I think once once it kind of comes on, you're more prone to it in the, in the seasons to come. So a landscape fungicide is going to be good to treat to prevent it from happening again. Like, that's like a daconil. Daconil is the brand name for a, a fungicide that's going to keep that fungus at bay. So right now, it's very easy just for you to remove the leaves and then hope it just kind of goes away. Okay, now, is it just uh, one application of daconil? And, uh, is it a spray? It is a spray. Um, you'll have to read the label directions, and, and you'll want to okay. apply it. Not right now. It, it's really okay. more of a preventative. So spraying it now probably isn't going to do a whole lot of good. But go ahead and have it in the wheelhouse just in case. Um, But right now, I mean, the best you can do other than picking the affected leaves is making sure you stay on top of pruning as well and making sure the azaleas aren't staying too wet because those are conditions, you know, that are ripe for a fungus to to really affect the plant. So stay on top of pruning when it gets warmer or uh, really warm in the summer and everything's going to start drying out. I would recommend, you know, when you're spraying it with a hose, if you've got to water it due to a lack of rain, doing it at the base of the plant, not spraying the the bush overall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I've already pulled off everything good okay yeah and, and you threw a, those leaves and away a ton of them just a ton of them i couldn't believe how many there were wow i know that's probably tedious but i think you did a good job dick thank you so much for calling and for listening in south carolina that's awesome 404-872-0750 next to gwinnett county say good morning to michael you're on green and growing hey uh yes thank you for taking my call of course. i have a uh bermuda lawn I've got rock uh, in the yard in some places that I'm going to have to dig up. And, of course, when I remove that rock, it's going to create some voids. Uh, What would be the best soil to purchase to uh, fill those voids? Okay. So, Clint, what's going to make New Bermuda happiest as far as laying that soil down? Oh, wow. Um, That and, And where are you? I'm sorry. 
I'm about seven, eight miles from Stone Mountain. Oh, there you okay, go. so <laughs> we, we kind of touched on some of that with a previous caller of some of those rock outcroppings that are around. Um, it's it's easy for me to say get you a good topsoil. Bermuda grass is pretty hardy, so you can get just about anything. It'll grow in. I, I hadn't seen a piece of dirt in the state of Georgia. I can't grow Bermuda grass in yet. Um, but the challenge really is finding good topsoil, good quality topsoil, um, and that's really that bit of an ambiguous term. But a soil that's got a good mix of a little bit of clay, a little bit of sand, a little bit of silt, and, and some organic matter in it. Um, in general, if, if it's got a little bit darker color, um, it's going to have some more organic matter in it, and it's, it's going to be a better, better quality soil. But uh, you want something that's fairly friable that you can get your hands into. Um, and even then, you may want to wind up amending it with a good compost material before putting it down. So I know Foothills has some out there, a Foothills compost we've done some research with and has, has done well. And then the uh, Soil 3 or Soil Cubed uh, material from from Superside, again, we've done some research with. Um, and both of those are, are bulk-type products or even small handheld-type uh, um, uh, products that uh, the average homeowner can get and um and incorporate into into their into their existing soil during establishment that that have seen, shown some benefits and and have helped turf. And it seems like Michael may be right on time, Clint. If doing the soil now, yep, then it'll settle in and everything will kind of become. I don't know, pretty ripe for him to then maybe seed if you need to go over those bare spots, like in seed in May or June, right? Well, uh, either seeding um, Bermuda grass or it depends on what he's putting in, but some of them can only be sodded. Uh, many of our Bermuda grasses that we use for turf purposes are, are actually sterile. So while they'll produce seed heads and seed, the seeds are sterile and uh, don't make viable seeds. So um, in those situations, you have to plant it through sod or sprigs or plugs or some plant propagule on those. But you're absolutely right. Now is a good time to do the site prep. Um, and have it ready to go, say, here in hopefully 10 to 14 days when, when soil temperatures are very much on the uptick and staying on the uptick and Bermuda grass will take off and go. Love it. All right. Thank you so much for the question, Michael. Appreciate the call. 404-872-0750. A question about aerating zoysia lawn. Carol and Marietta, good morning. Yes, good morning. Um, I I downloaded and printed out zoysia, the zoysia grass lawn calendar. Love on, it. Walter's website very good and it says aeration but it does is that something that needs to be done annually or should is that um just i don't know less often (laughs) well um let's tackle that from a little bit different standpoint i guess i'll answer it direct up um is that does it need to happen annually on an average home lawn probably not um on that now if it's something that's never been aerated um then it doesn't hurt um, if if it gets a lot of wear and tear, um, so let's say you have a couple of children and they have all their neighborhood buddies and they play, you know, soccer and ride bikes and and all those kinds of great things that 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 the children should be doing outside, um, and you're getting a lot of that, then then an annual aerification on those kinds of lawns where it's getting a lot of traffic and intense wear would would be of benefit. Aeration on grasses never hurts. Um, I, I like to ask, how many hours a day do you like to breathe oxygen? And, and the answer is 24, and roots aren't any different. So core aeration and getting oxygen down into that root system and uh, really stimulate, especially grasses like zoysia grass and Bermuda grass, to, to really fill in, become more hardy and healthy. And then it actually improves rooting depth, 
which gets us through those periodic dry periods. So the deeper roots we have, the more soil or more soil that it can explore for water and nutrients and kind of get through those periodic drought stresses, uh, drought periods that we will experience through the summer and early fall. And Clint, let me ask you too. So okay. if Carol's going to go out and rent an aerator, there's there's Ooh. two different schools of thought. Like the, the one that actually is the spikes that pulls yep. up the plugs or like a scoop type. The, the little things on the aerator look more like scooping. What, what do you recommend? I like the plugs. Anytime you're actually physically pulling a plug out of the soil is is a better way of doing it. Um, so the ones that go in and come out are generally a little cleaner than than the than the scoops. Um, but either way, if if we're opening up that soil, let's just say two to three, four inches deep, um, we're allowing oxygen down to that root system, and we're improving things. Um, I guess I should back up a little bit um, and say that. Right now, we're kind of really on the front end margin of, of, of coarification of warm season grasses, Bermudas and Zoysia grasses. Um, the soil temperatures, I know I keep going back to that, but, um, and, and hopefully we're past, we need to talk with, uh, with Kurt Mellish, but mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we're past some of the cool periods and things will continue to, will start warming up and stay warm. Um, and so 65 degrees at the four inch depth is typically my recommendation. So once we're there and consistently rising would be the time to do that. Um, and, and I'll make one other comment that I don't want to wind up taking business away from the rental companies, but it'd be a whole lot smarter if you go out, Carol, and get you a, a lawn care operator or company that does aeration, uh-huh. because an aerator is one of those pieces of equipment that will work you before you work it. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough. So, you know, it, having a company come in and do it for you is a whole lot more efficient. And trust me, whatever they charge you, $7,500, $125, whatever it is, it, by the time you get done and they get done, um, it's it's well worth them wind up doing it than, than the blood, sweat, and tears that you'll put into it trying to do it yourself. So Clint keeps mentioning soil temperatures, folks, and that's so important for many reasons. Like you said, we've kind of been on a little bit of a roller coaster here just in the last two to three weeks. So georgiaweather.net is a great website sponsored by the University of Georgia and the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences. They put that website up for us to see dew point and soil temperature and air temperature, humidity level. It's all really helpful in information, especially if you're a landscaper and you need to keep track of those kinds of things to just know for your customers. And also, as Carol mentioned, the lawn care calendar for her zoysia lawn, there is a calendar for all the other types of grasses here in Georgia as well, too. The easiest place to find that for your type of lawn is WalterReeves.com, Walter Reeves' website. Just type in lawn care calendar. That's going to be a really important tool to have in your toolbox to keep up with what needs to be going on in your lawn. We're going to be back with more of your calls. It's 819. Got to take a break. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. Self-isolation never sounded so good. Listen to Atlanta's news and talk on your desktop or laptop. We're streaming live on wsbradio.com. And download the WSB Radio app on your smartphone. That way we are always with you. That's how I listen to WSB most often when I'm working out in the yard, when I'm working out at the house, just hanging around on the back deck. That is one of the coolest ways to listen to us. Download the WSB Radio app for free. So updating you on the weather, it's going to clear out today. We're going to have sunshine, high of around 70. Tomorrow is when you're concerned about the thunderstorms and maybe severe storms later in the evening into Monday morning. A high only around the mid-60s, lows in the low 50s. So you want to stay here. Meteorologist Kirk Mellish is going to have your complete forecast coming up. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. 
We're talking a lot about lawns and grasses on today's show, but other things to be doing. One of my favorites, number one, planting my amaryllis outside. I have three of those. They want to be planted just at the surface of the soil, bright shade, and water it immediately, and then plan on bringing those back in in September. And you can even be doing stuff with your poinsettias right now. And Easter lilies. Easter lilies can be planted in the garden right now, just a well-drained garden bed in a sunny location, make sure they drain. Number two, spray azaleas right now. Insecticidal soap. If you've had lace bug in the past, you want to stay on top of preventing that. Organic products like bonide, insecticidal soap, or Captain Jack's dead bug brew, just a couple of the products you can use. And number three, if you paid attention to the weather, it got a little cold. Clint and I have been talking about that at the beginning of the week. Plant tomatoes, though, and peppers now. I think we're pretty safe plant tomato plants maybe 26 to 30 inches apart. And later on around lunchtime today, I'm going to post on my Facebook page a good soil ingredient recipe for those raised beds. I've done a little bit of the research for you. 404-872-0750. Paul, you've got about 30 seconds to ask your question, but I like it. What's going on? Yeah, I've got a question about how to control poa anna in fescue. Okay. You're seeing it now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen it for Way too long. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just like an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I don't want to see it anymore. Clint, what do we do? Oh, um, I try not to wind up getting into affairs of the heart. Um, But uh, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of real good answers here. Removing a cool season species like poania or or annual bluegrass in a cool season species like tall fescue is is actually very difficult to do. We talked earlier about selective and non-selective herbicides. And here's where you would want a selective herbicide that would select for the weed and not for the, the grass. And since those two are some similar, it's hard to find a selective. Um, amicarbazone or, oh shoot, um, Exonerate is the trade name on it. Um, has some activity. It takes multiple applications. This time of year is a good one to put them out. Awesome. But it's going to take multiple applications. It's fairly expensive and be something that you'd want to hire a commercial lawn care for, um, company to come in and do. Um, okay, Clint, to, we, yeah. we, we got to get out of here. But, sure. Paul, to set you right on the right track, we want you to use a pre-emergent, maybe in early September, get ahead of those cool season weeds. So put that on the calendar for early September, a pre-emergent for the fescue lawn. That'll help in years to come. We'll be right back on Green and Growing, 95.5 WSB. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing. Having a blast. The show goes by so fast. I think I'm going to... um Try to get four hours back. Remember when Walter's show used to be six to ten? I I thought that sounded like a terrible idea back in the day, but really an extra hour would help me so much to help all of you. You've got great calls, great questions, weighing in on Facebook too. Like the page Green and Growing WSB. Hopefully that's where you'll find a lot of information you're seeking and everything I talk about on the show I put on there. We've been talking a lot about gardening with kids too. That is so important right now. We just got through Easter. A lot of you spent a lot of time outside with the family. There's a lot of books for gardening with children. About a month and a half ago, I debuted a scavenger hunt, something that can get you and the kids out in the yard for at least an hour and have that as a fun activity and help them learn, kind of maybe help their 
science, homework, and all those kinds of things. And Pike Nursery has been wonderful, too, about engaging kids in gardening now that the the nursery is closed to the public right now, but still fun ways for you to still buy plants and get the kids engaged. And Desiree Hyman joins me from Pike Nursery this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. So we've talked for a few weeks now, Desiree. Kids Corner is something on PikeNursery.com that's fun. And I think you have a really cool thing. Kids' ears are going to perk up to this today when they hear you say, what kind of garden you can grow? A pizza garden. What? So that is so my very, pepperoni very pizza. Just... <laughs> <kind of garden. laughs> that is really cool. I had pizza for dinner last night. It did not come from the garden. But do tell, how can we do that? Yes. Yes. So basically, you're going to plant a vegetable garden that has a pizza theme. So like we've talked about before, anytime you're growing veggies or herbs, all you need is an area that gets six plus hours of sunlight. Um, And it can be in the garden or you can even do pots. So what do you need in a pizza garden? The very first thing is tomatoes. So you will got to be able to make that really good pizza sauce. So we recommend planting A couple all-purpose tomatoes. If you're one that you like tomatoes as a topping, it's really fun to plant an heirloom tomato because they just have such beautiful colors that once you slice them up and put them on top, it'll taste good, but it'll look beautiful as well. And we we had a call early in the show, too, wanting to plant tomatoes in like a five-gallon bucket. And I told him, yeah, go for it. Just have a way to support them, maybe a trellis or whatever, if we're not putting them in the yard. But at least I would recommend to someone like a 20-inch opening, you know, a 20-inch pot at least to grow tomato plants, but can totally be done in a small space. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, tomato plants like to have big roots. So a bigger pot is, is a good option. So great. Yeah, great advice on that. So then once you have your tomatoes, obviously the sauce needs a little bit something. So plant in that garden, in your pizza garden, some oregano, some basil. So you're going to be able to chop that up, put it in the sauce to make sure it has that really kind of rich marinara flavor that, you know, is kind of the heart of a lot of, a lot of pizzas. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're going to plant the toppings that you like. So, uh, you know, peppers are obviously a big item, but be creative with it. You can do you know, normal bell peppers, you can do banana peppers, or if you like it spicy, put in some hot peppers and jalapenos and whatnot, and you can spice your pizza up. How fun. Those are all such great ideas. And I love the herbs too, bringing the herbs into that. Well, Desiree, we want to reassure folks, even though the nurseries are quote closed to the public, there is still a way for folks to interact with Pike Nursery these days. Yes, absolutely. So the in-store shopping experience is suspended, but you can actually go to pikenursery.com. You can request all of your plants there, and you can have them either delivered straight to your house, so home delivery, or curbside pickup. And we have been improving that form online. So now when you go to order online, you'll see pictures, you'll see sizes, prices, et cetera. And we continue to tweak that uh, to make everyone's life just a little bit easier as they try to get their plants and get out in the garden to plant the dirt. And now let me ask you, too, if folks were to call into the store just with a question or see if something, you know, were in stock, is that still a possibility or are you really directing everybody online? You're going to probably have the best luck um, going online. So our phone lines have been extremely busy because yeah. we do it. We're calling people back or whatnot. So that's, that's your best uh, shot is to go online. However, if you're looking at picking up just one or two things, say, hey, I need two tomatoes, I want them in the yard today, or 
you know, it's springtime. It's time for me to get my Boston fern hanging on my porch. We are accepting walk-up customers. So for those kind of onesie twosie items, that's that's the best way to come in. We're open nine to five every single day, and we can help you out. That's awesome. Okay, and they can order online or find out more. Where's what's the website? Hikenursery.com. And then we're always giving more kind of tips and inspiration and trying to be a little ray of sunlight on social media as well. So we encourage everyone to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pike Nurseries. I love it. Well, thank you, as always, every Saturday morning for checking in with us, Desiree. We really appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. Yes, the sun will come out and it'll be time to get outside. Can't wait. Can't wait. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Thanks. All right, with my coffee now, I want pizza. I'm hungry. 404-872-0750. We've got Clint Waltz on with us, turf specialist from the University of Georgia Extension Office. Clint, you ready for a few more calls? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Talk to Ken in Kennesaw. Hey there, Ken. You're on Green and Growing. Actually, it's Tim, but no problem. Oh, hi, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I have an existing lawn, uh, Bermuda, but it's rather thin as it gets about four to six hours of sun per day. So what I did with a large section is I took a weed whacker and just got it down to the bare ground. I inserted two-inch diameter Zoiza plugs with a plugging tool about four inches apart, put the soil three compost in the hole, and planted about 2,000 plugs, which took me time consuming. But the question is, I did not use a a weed and grass killer to kill the existing Bermuda. Mm -hmm. Will that be a problem or will the Zoiza take control as it spreads? Um, Excuse me, Tim. Uh, First of all, I'm going to say is you've gone old school. Um, (laughs) That's that's, that's some uh, technique that uh, was was not uncommon back in the 50s, 60s, 70s uh, type of thing. Uh, on it. So uh, congratulations of kind of bringing some things back from from years ago for me here. Um, The other is, and what you have found is is that lack of sunlight is what's what's harmed your Bermuda grass and likely going to be the advantage for your zoysia grass. Can you tell me which cultivar of zoysia grass that uh, you planted? Yeah, I did my research and a very drought tolerant one was Zeon. So I selected that Yep, uh, that's that's an excellent and a good choice for what you did. The Xeon there, um, work that I've researched, I've done here at the UGA Griffin campus, um, is it, where I put Xeon under a heavy hardwood shade. I'm pretty comfortable with that down to about four and a half to five hours of filtered to intermittent sun. And when I say comfortable, I'm saying it maintains what I would consider industry acceptable um, quality to it down to four and a half to five hours of filtered to intermittent sun during the growing season. So you made a good selection on the Xeon. The thing you're going to have is that there's will probably always be a little bit of Bermuda grass present as that grass, as your plugs begin to fill in. Um, I wouldn't do anything with the Bermuda grass now. I would let that, that, that Xeon zoysia grass um, grow in as best as it can um, for the next growing season or two. Um, and then you may want to start to, um, once you've got enough uh, competition from the zoysia grass, then we might come in with something other that, uh, like a fusillade type of product that uh, you can kind of push the Bermuda grass over the edge with. But um, for mm-hmm. the next growing season or two, while that those plugs are growing in and you're getting a, a well-established um, 
Zeon zoysia grass lawn. I think I'd just let the what Bermuda grass you have there and the zoysia grass kind of coexist. And any different mowing techniques or anything like that? To, uh, uh, that's, that's the problem is that uh, both of those really kind of prefer about the same mowing height. Um, so from a cultural standpoint, if anything, the zoysia grasses will prefer less nitrogen than the Bermuda. So being right around two pounds of nitrogen per thousand square foot per year uh, for the zoysia grass is going to favor the zoysia grass over the Bermuda. Um, so if you want to think of a half a pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet, uh, a half pound in May, half pound in June, half pound in July, half pound in August. Wow. So, um, so those four applications, four halves works out to two total pounds and that'll be more of a, that, that'll help the zoysia grass and more than the Bermuda grass, but, um, they're going to coexist for a little while, uh, till we can get them well established and then maybe kind of get more aggressive on the Bermuda grass in, in a growing season or two. That's great. Thank you so much for that, Clinton. Thank you so much for the call, Tim. Good luck to you. Now, Clint, we've only got you for a few more minutes, so I wanted to do something kind of fun with you, okay. like lawn myths. People hear the most ridiculous things, and sometimes they do them just because they're like, oh, well, so-and-so did it, or I read it online, and here's what I want to do. So I want you to either give me a yay or nay to some of these things, as crazy as they may sound, okay? Okay. All right, I've just got a dead area where the grass is not filling in in my lawn. I've heard that making a mixture of Dawn soap and water is going to help that. Mm, doubtful. <laughs> um, there, there is something to be said for uh, um, hydrophobic soils, soils that repel water. So if you put something like Dawn in, I could see that improving. That acts as a wetting agent a little bit. Um, there are products out there that are wetting agents uh, that, that do it better. But uh, Dawn could help. Um, believe it or not, I've come across a few situations where we've had oil or grease spills in lawns or turf, and uh, something like Dawn with a surfactant in it can help actually flush the soil, if you will, and kind of re So maybe, but on a general case, probably not. Okay. Now, I need to burn my Bermuda lawn because that's what I've always read to do, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> um at the University of Georgia, we do not <laughs> recommend burning lawns, um, and the reason for that is house liability. fires. Uh, yeah. somebody's going to screw up. Um, will it hurt the Bermuda grass? No, but um, I'm not interested in, in somebody catching their house on fire or a tree and it falling across their neighbor's yard or something along those lines. So we don't recommend it. But uh, will it hurt the the grass itself? No, it won't. And odds are good it's already greened up too far for that to be effective this year anyway. Okay. Now I'm just going to use Shadow, my Great Dane, as the example here. Sorry, Shadow. She uses the bathroom in the same spot, goes to the bathroom in the yard, the fescue. Now I've got dead spots. Surely, Clint, there's got to be just a chemical that I can spray and it's just going to make that all better. There is. It's uh, hydrated oxygen um, on that one. And, and that's just good old H2O water that's right. um, uh, for, for it. So, um uh, it, it, that would be the thing. Um, more often than not, when, when dogs urinate, it's, it's more of a salt damage. So salts are easily um, soluble. So coming back out afterwards and irrigating that um, and, and washing it off the foliage will, will help mitigate that. It won't prevent it all, but it will certainly help mitigate it. And if it's always the same spot, um, see if we can get Shadow kind of diverse a little bit and find <laughs> at least a, a, a B site uh, that he can go to. So, folks, the product Clint recommended there is readily available at your kitchen faucet or your hose spigot outside just using water. There is no chemical to just spray on that and magically bring the grass back to life. Clint, I've got a few more for you, but we're going to take a break. Step out and check traffic and weather and then some final thoughts here on Green and Growing. Thank Thank you for waking up with us on 95.5 WSB. News, weather, traffic, the best talk shows, and local coronavirus updates around the clock.
streaming live on your PC or laptop at wsbradio.com. You better stop, yeah! Hope that you are safely staying at home and keeping your family safe. Thanks for being with WSB throughout the week and the weekend. A weather update, it's going to dry out today. You woke up to a little bit of uh, wetness out there, overnight showers, a high of 70, lows in the upper 40s. Tomorrow, you've got to be weather aware for showers, thunderstorms eventually roll into severe storms later in the day into Monday morning. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Azaleas have been a popular topic on today's show. A couple of things you can be doing. Spray them with insecticidal soap to prevent azalea lace bug. If you've had those problems in the past, use something like Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew and be looking for azalea and camellia leaf gall. You're going to know it when you see it. Pick those leaves away and throw them away. It's a fungus. You don't want it spread to the rest of the plant. Number two, I'm going to plant my amaryllis outside. I've got three of them. Plant right at the surface of the soil. They need bright shade. Water them in immediately. They're going to hopefully bloom for me this summer, and then you got to bring them back inside maybe in September. They're not going to tolerate the cold. And number three, many of you paid attention to the weather. It did get a little cold at the beginning of the week, but now soil temperatures hopefully are kind of right where we want them. Plant tomatoes and peppers. Tomato plants generally need to be 26 to 30 inches apart. All right, Clint Waltz, we've got a few more moments with you. I'm so glad from UGA Extension that you joined us and helped folks with their lawns today. Betsy, if you can make it quick, you've got a question about something you don't want. Yes, um, I have Bermuda in the front and zoysia in my backyard, and it's growing into my beds despite the fact that I use a blade edger. Mm -hmm. My question is, if I use a half-moon edger all around the perimeter next to the grass, Mm -hmm. can I then spray the grass that's in the garden bed with, like, Roundup, or or could it, and if if the Mm -hmm. roots were still attached, to the grass in the lawn, would it kill it? It'll translocate some, uh, but not a lot. So if you can keep it targeted towards the the grass that's in the bed um, and doing the half-moon edger where you actually sever them between that and the existing lawn will will certainly help. Um, If you you sever them, then then you're certainly not going to have any Roundup taken up or glyphosate taken up by the plant in the bed and translocated back into the lawn. Um, would be one um, on it. Um, so that that would be one way of, of going after it for sure. Yes, Clint, I, I love that answer, and I wish we had more time. But I want folks to be able to find you and all of your great information. How sure. can they do that? Uh, GeorgiaTurf.com is our website. That's our UGA Turf team website is Georgia Turf and spell out Georgia, but GeorgiaTurf.com. Um, on it. Uh, those long colanders you talked about with, with Walter earlier, he and yes. I kind of collaborated on those years ago, so I have a version of those as well. Um, and uh, you follow me on Twitter at, at Georgia Turf. Again, spell out Georgia, at Georgia Turf. And then I want to kind of throw a thing out there to our professional trade associations that we have in the state. Uh, we've got a lot of professional turf professionals doing great job for people. So the Urban Ag Council um, is, is our landscape side, so they're landscape and sod producers. Amen. And in our Georgia Golf Course superintendents, we've got some great professionals we there as well. We appreciate them. And, Clint, we appreciate you, too. Got to go. Thank yep. you so much. We'll be bringing you back. I appreciate y'all listening to Green and Growing. Take care. 95.5 WSB. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.